0: Hello and welcome to DFL Talk. It is Thursday, October fifteenth, two thousand twenty, and we are here for week six. I am Andrew Hansen, joined of course by Shane Caldwell. And Shane, it's a unique Thursday here in the NFL with games tonight. So we've got all this extra time to do our research and start building our lineups for the main slate on Sunday yeah, that helps
1: us focus on this eleven game slate here. We're crossing our fingers that no other games get canceled or moved around <laughs> or anything like that. Uh, right. but yeah, we got we got a nice slate of games. It looks like we got some defensive battles. I don't see any like really high scoring like you know crazy shootout games or really chalky games. So it's gonna be uh, you know pretty interesting to uh, to see you know where the ownership goes and what the what the most popular games are here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We got a little bit of a scare this morning with the Falcons and Vikings game. Look like with the positive tests in the Falcons organization that perhaps that game would get uh, postponed. But as of now, it looks like it's a full go. It is one of the games with a total over 50. There are five of the 11, but you know, it's different 50-point uh, totals than usual, like you said. Not these crazy shootouts that we look at and say, well, this could go into the 60s or even higher. So we are going to grind through each of these matchups and break it down for you. And we'll look at those totals, courtesy of our presenting sponsor here, betus.com.pa. A wonderful partner. We love uh, that relationship. So use the promo code COACHTALK. When you go to betus.com.pa, you get a 125% match on your first deposit. And you can get into some action with these game lines. And Shane, let's, let's look at game number one here. This is not one of the higher scoring games. Okay, out of the first three games we're going to talk about here, games two and three are really attractive to me. Game one uh, is more of a one-off situation because we've got the Bears traveling to to play the Panthers, and the Panthers are home favorites by one and a half. Over-under is only 44 and a half. Uh, Bears coming off that uh, solid victory against Tampa on Thursday, last Thursday, so they're well-rested. Four and one, taking on... Carolina 3-2. and two. So with a lower total here, anybody you're looking to play from game one?
1: Uh, not a lot of exposure here. Uh, you know, they're pretty pretty tough defenses, and both defenses are actually good against the pass. And there's nothing a- about the passing games for either team that you absolutely love that you just have to get in on. I mean, we were on Carolina last week, but they were playing Atlanta, right? So that's, yes. that was a little more attractive at that point. But Chicago's a tough defense. Carolina's been surprisingly competitive on defense um, and it's hard to tr- trust, you know, Nick Foles Foley in, in the Bears passing attack. Uh, but I do like the running backs in this game. I mean, the running backs are pretty much, you know, bell cow running backs. Uh, and you got uh, Montgomery for the Bears is really cheap in the high $5,000 range on both sites. And he seems like a great value here against Carolina. You know, you can certainly run against them. And number 25 uh, in the league against the run. Great matchup. Yeah. Exactly. So it looks like it's going to be a fairly close game. So he shouldn't be game scripted out if he can catch a few passes, too. So he looks like a pretty good matchup here. Um, I know Carolina did lose one of their uh, defensive tackles to injury as well. Uh, So that's so that could be a good sign for them being able to get some holes for Montgomery. So I do like Montgomery here. They don't really have anyone else for the Bears for running backs anyways. Um, And then Mike Davis has been really good and they finally priced him up. Um, So it's not as attractive with Mike Davis being that they priced him up and it's a tough matchup against the Bears, but he still can get it done in the passing game, especially probably on DraftKings, just because you've seen his ability to catch, you know, eight or nine passes, which is, you know, kind of ridiculous. So if Carolina is able to move the ball and he gets a couple, you know, gets a rushing touchdown and then still gets work in the passing game, he's still probably viable, but it's hard for him to smash the value like he has been. Uh, Mike Davis has been the number one PPR back for over the last three weeks here so but he but his price is coming up and this is a much tougher matchup when he was going against atlanta and some of the other weaker teams here uh so mike davis is is, uh someone that i don't think i'm going to be 100 percent lock and load like i was last week
0: yeah i hear you uh like you said tougher matchup tougher price tag so i'm much more interested in montgomery on the Bears side i haven't played him this year but uh he's really become that bell cow and you know, Patterson is the guy who got six touches behind him, but he's more of a gadget player. So I really like how Montgomery got 17 touches last week. He's got the rest. He caught seven passes, uh, and, and he's a great price tag. So I like him. Uh, I want to mention that Allen Robinson got 16 targets last week. So Foles is definitely looking his way. It's 38% of the targets, um, but it is a tough pass defense. They're number four in terms of yardage. So, yeah, it's all about M- Montgomery here for me as a one-off. And then I'm going to transition to game two. So All let's right. let's do that. And you're going to uh, help us with this one because it's Detroit traveling to play the Jaguars. Detroit, the three-point favorites on BetUS. And it's uh, over under 54 and a half. So I'm ready to get some fireworks going here. You are the Detroit sports man. You can follow Shane on Twitter at D-E-T Sports Shane. Um, these defenses have not been good, Shane. Detroit allowing thirty-one point eight per game. The Jags allowing twenty-nine point four per game. So, which of these matchups are you looking to attack?
1: Well, I think the, the Detroit Lions have played some tough teams. You know, they, they've really got they've really got hammered by, for example, Green Bay, Green Bay Packers, and New Orleans Saints. Uh, didn't play well at all. Um, but since Detroit's coming off the bye week and they're well rested and their defense is going to get uh, get healthier now, they are in a get right spot here. The, the, the schedule is finally getting easier. So even though you look at the Detroit defense and you look at basically their last in almost every category and you say, let's attack this defense. Keep in mind the Jaguars offensive line and their schemes and their skill players are not as good as like your New Orleans Saints or your, you know, uh, your Green. Bay Packers. So I think that's where you have to be careful here and thinking this is just a smash spot for the Jaguars. So I think the Lions can win this game easily and have a pretty good lead. Um, So in this game, I would attack mostly the passing games for each uh, for each team and then also the running game for Detroit. So uh, so of course, that means I like my guy Stafford. Uh, you know, he's been close to having some big games against some tough teams, and this is a great spot for him. And they're pretty much do or die. I mean, they're sitting at what, one and three. They have to win this game. Uh, they're kind of seeing if they're going to fight for the coach's spot. So I like Stafford here to have a big blow up game. Jacksonville is really bad on defense. Kenny Galladay will have the benefit of uh, the bye week to get his hamstring healthy and be able to really do well here hawkinson is still pretty low priced and uh, jaguars are not good at you know very good at covering tight ends and then for the detroit running game adrian peterson is super cheap and the lions have a huge run blocking advantage against this defensive front for the jaguars uh, so i look for them to get a lead with stafford and then pound the ball with adrian peterson and also don't forget about deandre swift over there on draft kings he's still way too cheap and you're going to see every single week DeAndre Swift getting more and more targets, more and more carries, and getting more and more involved in the game. He's way too talented uh, to get the limited production he is. And he's explosive. He's a playmaker. So DeAndre Swift more for GPPs. I actually really like him, where Adrian Peters is more cash games. Um, so you can certainly stack the Detroit Lions here. Coming back on the other side, uh, James Robinson is, is a great running back. He's been he's been kind of disappointing. You know, He had a really bad game last week. He fumbled the ball. Uh, It didn't look great against Houston that we thought was a great matchup. And I think that uh, when I listened to all the Lions press clippings this week, they're really focused on stopping the runs. They're really going to load the box against Robinson, and they're going to force Minshew to throw the ball here. So I don't don't think Robinson's actually going to have a huge game, even though he should be highly owned and it looks like an absolute smash bot. I don't think Robinson's going to be a smash bot here. So I would rather focus on guys like DJ Chark if he's healthy, and Lavisca and Chenault, i think those guys could should have big games um and i probably don't trust trust Minshew, but i like some of his receiving targets to have a big game here as they they should be down and ha- have to come from behind here so that's kind of the game script that i see following uh, playing out for here. I'm um, interesting to see. I think James Robinson should be really highly owned cuz he's still super cheap and he's a bell cow going against the the one of the top matchups against the run, but I actually think the Lions are going to bounce back against the run this week. I know that's hard to believe, but that's what that's what I'm seeing that that's going to play out here. It is a little hard to believe,
0: and I'll chalk that I'll chalk up I'll chalk that up just a little bit to your local bias. I'm glad yep you know, that you're, you're getting those local reports. I think it's important, you know, the game plan, if they stack the box, you know, that could make a difference, but you know, this is a team that's number 32 in the league against the run that is dead last. Uh, so I love this matchup. I'm going to have Robinson, you know, he, he's, he's still affordable under 7,000 on DraftKings. Great consistency with his touches last five games, 17, 19, 17, 21 and 18. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a similar matchup on the other side. So I agree that it's important to consider the Detroit rushing attack, but you said it, you know, it's, it's a two headed monster there with Peterson and Swift Uh, Peterson two weeks ago, he got 22 carries, but last or last game, he only got 11 Swift trending up with his touches. Uh, You know, those guys are both priced accordingly. They're under 5,000 on DraftKings, but I'm going to mostly avoid that that backfield and feel pretty good about Robinson getting all the touches. Um, you know, I am with you though, on, on using that Detroit passing game, uh, Jacksonville is number 29 against the pass. So Stafford certainly one of the finalists to be my quarterback this week and Galladay uh, great spot there. Good price. Two games so far, two, two touchdowns, like you said, he'll healed, healed up after the, the bye week So I, I love that combo. And then in terms of the injury news with those Jaguars wide receivers who could get involved if Detroit and does it does indeed get that lead uh, right now here on Thursday. Chark and Chanel are a little bit banged up. They're questionable. Uh, so we'll, we'll uh, track that for you. And then we'll have our next podcast Saturday night with that final injury news where we preview the Sunday slate. We go position by position. Uh, so make sure to tune in to that. In fact, if you're on uh, YouTube, do us a favor, smash that like button and then uh, click that subscribe button so you get the alert uh, of when our podcasts post. Uh, Final stat I want to mention is, uh, you know, what New Orleans did against Detroit uh, with that rushing attack. Kamara and Murray uh, combined for 202 all-purpose yards and three touchdowns, so I understand why Detroit wants to stack the box and improve that rushing defense, but they have a long way to go. And even if they improve a little bit, I think Robinson can still be uh, he can still pay off value.
1: Yeah, but I think it's a huge mistake to compare like the Green Bay running attack and their offensive line and their schemes and the New Orleans Saints running attack, offensive line, their talent schemes against the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Uh, it's a huge difference in the quarterbacks they have, the weapons that they have. It's just a completely different thing here, and I think the, the Lions are in a, in a better spot here. So I think that the Lions' defense is not great, but they're not as bad as being ranked last against the run. I think that they got blown up against two really good teams and had two really bad games, and that inflated their number to make them look even worse than they are. Okay. So,
0: it's oh, be so that's,
1: that's, that's kind of where f- I'm at. It's
0: going to be a fun matchup to, to see, to watch. Yeah. Uh, interesting matchups here in Game 3, too. Uh, another total over 50. It's 52-and-a-half as Houston traveling to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Titans will be the three-point home favorites. Uh, undefeated at 4-and-0. Houston 1-and-4, but 1-and-0 under Romeo Cornell. And Tennessee coming in with short rest after that impressive victory against the Bills on Tuesday. But we've got some uh, interesting matchups, like we said. Two good ones on the ground again as the Texans are facing the Titans number 27 rushing defense and the Titans are facing the Texans number 31 rushing defense. So are you interested in any of the running backs in this game?
1: No, no I, you know, I mean, Derrick Henry is pretty expensive here and, uh, you know, it was just odd that they they really limited his touches in that in that game last week here. So, well, technically this week on Tuesday. So, they really limited his touches. They did get off to a huge lead and had some a lot of turnovers, and, and it made them win the game very easily. So, maybe they just decided to rest Henry, um, being that they knew they had a short turnaround and that they knew they had a huge lead in the game. So, that's what you're hoping for if you're going to pay up for Henry because he's very expensive. Um, so, if I I think he—he's. I don't know if he's, you know, upside of GPPs at that price for Henry. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to get a huge lead in this game like they did against Buffalo. Uh, that was a little bit surprising. Uh, actually, I think Houston can actually hang with this team uh, um, and play pretty good here. So um, on the Tennessee, I don't know if I'm willing to pay up depending on roster. I like John Smith. Um, Houston's pretty bad against tight ends, and John O Smith looks like a great athlete out there and a great target. They run some screens for him and get him in space, and he's still pretty cheap. Obviously, he had two touchdowns the other night. This pricing's not going to account for that, for his, him having a pretty big game. And then, then I love the Houston passing attack uh, again last week. We loved them against Jacksonville this week. They're against week secondary. Um, so I do like the, the passing attack here. For, so I like Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller. Um, I'll go right back to Brandon Cooks. Uh, I liked him in some GPPs last week. So the the Tennessee Titans secondary is pretty slow. They really can't handle the speed of Watson and uh, Fuller and Fuller and Cooks uh, in the passing game here. So I think get, those guys will will be making some huge plays here. And if Jordan Aikens is is out again, then you can look at the um, the other uh, tight end there for uh, for Houston. Fels. Yeah, Darren Fells. Yeah. You can take a look at him if, if Akins is out again. He was in the concussion protocol. Akins was. So yeah, so this is a pretty good game. It's it's close. It looks like close and competitive and fairly high scoring. So it is a good game that you can get some exposure to here. Yeah,
0: I like the Houston passing attack. In fact, I like all the Houston skill position players. Um, you know, Tennessee just not great against the numbers and coming in on short rest. Uh, you, you were on Cooks. That was a nice play last week. A really good GPP call that you had. And I like the fact that he got 12 targets. So a good price tag for Cooks. Uh, I like his speed against the Titans, like you said. Fuller in play. Cobb in play. He got up to six targets. Uh, much more balanced passing attack for Houston under Cornell. So you, you got to like that. Uh, David Johnson in play for me with that strong matchup. You know We weren't quite sure what would happen with the backfield he got 19 touches last week so he's still in play and he's almost two thousand dollars cheaper than derrick henry on the Titans side who you know i agree it's it's an awesome matchup but short rest and you know they don't really use him in the passing game and he's so much more expensive that if i'm going to get one running back from this game it is going to be david johnson all right, Shane, game number four, we come back down to earth with the totals here. We're down at 43 on betus.com.pa as the Washington football team is traveling to play the Giants. Washington 1-4, and four, Giants 0-5. Oh Giants the home favorite here by 2.5. Um, this one looks like a bit of a dud to me, but are you looking to play anyone from this game?
1: Yeah, it's it the it's a bad combination of both defenses have been decent. They've been pretty tough defenses and both offenses have been really bad. Exactly. So that doesn't sound like a good combination here. Um I think you could look at some of these talented guys like Terry McLaurin and you never know when he could have a blow-up game. You know, it sounds like he'll probably be shadowed by James Bradbury, which is a fairly d- tough matchup, but McLaurin's shown that he can win against uh you know, sh- sh- so, Claren might have some McCaffrey or EPP play. Uh, Antonio Gibson is another guy that I think that he should keep getting more and more carries here, and he's really talented. And he's the type of guy that can break a couple big plays too against this uh, Giants. Defense. So he is a guy that in GPPs you can take a look at as well. Other than that, I'm having a hard time getting to too many New York Giants uh, for exposure here. Don't trust the running game. A little bit hard to trust the passing game. Washington's actually been pretty good in the se- secondary, limiting production for wide receivers as well. Great couple GPP plays on the Washington side here. Okay. Yeah, so
0: uh, I'm I'm glad you uh, you know zeroed in on that same aspect of the blah offenses and the solid defenses despite those bad records. You know, yeah. New York New York is only averaging 16 points a game on offense. Washington only averaging 17. So I think one thing you could do in a GPP you could pick out one of these defenses. Uh, you know, because normally you don't look to a one and four team or an 0 oh and five team. To play a defense. But with these offenses being so poor, uh, I think you could get low ownership on uh, a defense like New York. Um, you know, if you do want to um, pick somebody from this game for a GPP, you know, I, I agree that Gibson would be the guy for Washington, given the amount of touches he's had. But the Giants are OK against the run, so it's not a great matchup. And then Slayton uh, certainly has stepped up here, but he's a little bit banged up with his foot. Um, so just probably won't get any of the skill position players from this game in my lineups.
1: I like your point about the defenses. Like if, if Chase Young is playing for uh, Washington, let will to check the injury reports, make sure he's playing. But you can see Chase Young and the, their pass rush getting against, getting uh, after Daniel Jones, and he's very turnover prone. So that would be a good yes. spot. Like the play, play the Washington defense at a pretty cheap price here. So yeah, that's a good sneaky defensive play in this game, since we can't get a lot of offense exposure, or at least we don't want to. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Game five, Shane. Browns against the Steelers.
0: We're back over 50 here with a total of 51 on BetUS. I think that might be a little bit high. I'm curious to see what you think. Steelers are the three-point favorites at home. They're undefeated, 4-0. Browns are 4-1 coming off that nice win against the Colts. And latest news here on Thursday is that OBJ is ill. He's uh, home. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see on the COVID test for him. Uh, that could certainly shake things up with that receiving core. Um, but what what do you think about this 51 total? Is this a game that you really want to get a bunch of exposure to or, or maybe just a one-off?
1: No, it does seem like a, a division AFC North kind of uh, battle here, kind of a defensive battle. Uh, these teams knowing each other well each other pretty well in terms of the strengths in the in the defense uh, matchups here so yeah it doesn't seem like a great game that would go you know to 50 i wouldn't take the over on the 51 here um i think you can take a look at Kareem Hunt just because he still is going to be the bell cow I talked about last week how they have a great blocking scheme so even though Pittsburgh is really tough in their defensive front Um, You know, we did see Miles Sanders kind of get off against them against, you know, an Eagles running game that's not as good as this Cleveland running game. So it is possible that Kareem Hunt could have a couple big runs and and then get it done through the air as he's a really good pass catching back. So Kareem Hunt still in play here. I just don't think he's going to make the short list of my top because of a tough matchup here. Um, And then you could take a look at Jarvis Landry. If uh, Odell Beckham isn't going to get much play here, then Jarvis Landry could do a lot of damage over the middle here against Pittsburgh. Um, and if they get down, they're going to have to pass quite a bit. Uh, and then on the Pittsburgh side, you could take a look at James Conner. I mean, he true he is a true bell cow back. Uh, but Cleveland's been pretty tough against running backs as well. So it doesn't make it like, a, like an ideal breakout spot. But it, it, he could certainly break out here. And then I'm curious to see if Deontay Johnson, if he comes back healthy or not, um, if he can avoid uh, if he can avoid uh, Ward over there on the Cleveland side, like their top corner, then I think he should have a good matchup and do pretty well here. I know everyone's talking about Chase Claypool because he had that huge blow up game with four touchdowns, but Chase Claypool will get on the field more now. I think obviously he's proven himself, but Deontay Johnson's still pretty much their top wide receiver and then just- Smith's shoes has been a little disappointing he's still going to be you know roaming around mostly in the slot too Uh, so I like Deontay Johnson if he plays because you can get him at super low ownership if he's healthy because people are not going to be thinking about him because he's been injured and you know they had the clay pool blow up here so those are a few guys that I'll take a look at as the week goes on here and consider but other than that not a lot of exposure to this game
0: yeah, for me, I also would look at the Pittsburgh passing attack. Uh, if I'm going to get exposure to this game, uh, Cleveland is number thirty against the pass. So you could look at Big Ben here, pair him up with one of those receivers. <clears throat> Excuse me. At this point on Thursday, Juju and Deontay do have question questionable marks next to their names. A little bit banged up. Juju with the knee, Deontay with the back. So we'll have to monitor monitor that uh, leading up till Sunday at kickoff. But you know, Chase Clay- Claypool, you know, is still a good price. If either of those guys is out, uh, even if they aren't, I-, I do think he's worth considering. Uh, certainly, sort of overtaking James Washington, and he he'll he will be out there on the field a bunch more. So I I could I could look at that passing attack, and then with the Browns, if OBJ is out, you know, certainly Landry an option. He got nine targets last week, and then Rashad Higgins would be the the cheap. Uh, minimum price guy, only 3000 on DraftKings last week. Caught three for 31 and a touchdown. So you should see more targets for him if if OBJ is out. All right, Shane, uh, before we transition to the second half of the podcast, I uh, just want to let folks know if they want to jump in with us as members to take advantage of our lineups, uh, we'd love to have you. Just go to dfscoachtalk.com and pick up a weekly membership or monthly And then actually later tonight, we will be posting our winter special, which is going to be designed for NFL players. And it's going to take you through the Super Bowl with our membership. And with a membership, you get access to all of our sports. So you get our lineups for baseball. We're still in the playoffs, of course, uh, golf. And then this winter special, we'll have the NBA back uh, before the Super Bowl. So you get the the back half of that. And what we do is we give out – Multiple lineups on FanDuel, we give out the full cash lineup, full GPP, and then on DraftKings we give out our coaches clipboard with highlighted core plays and a bunch of pivots, and we're off to a great start on the Sunday lineups here on the main slate, so uh, go to DFSCoachTalk.com and join us with a membership, we'd love to have you. All right Shane, second half of the slate here, we're going to look at the Ravens and Eagles matchup. Over under 47 and a half, Ravens favored by seven and a half. Four and one on the season. The Eagles struggling but still contending in that NFC East with their one, three and one record. Anyone you're looking to play here?
1: Yeah, it's another it's another kind of tough defensive battle whenever you have Baltimore involved there. I mean, they tend to blow teams out, and uh, they really put it on the Bengals last week and you yes, know, they put did. it hurting on them. Uh, so I think that uh, Carson Wentz has been struggling, but he's played a little bit better. He played against a tough Pittsburgh defense and put up some points last week. So so they are starting to get a little bit better in uh, Philadelphia in terms of their offensive production. I think you can look at the Baltimore side here. I think Mark Andrews is going to be a uh, pretty popular play. Uh, Philadelphia is struggles against tight ends and Mark Andrews is pretty much they're still their number one receiving target here. So he's in a great spot uh, here since it's not like super easy to run against Philadelphia. They're pretty tough against the run. So Lamar Jackson will have to pass a lot. Uh, it's pretty crazy to believe that really people aren't, you can almost cross off Lamar Jackson. I mean, as uh, as a, pay up contrarian GPP flyer play here because he's still super expensive and he hasn't really produced that much. He's not really running as much, which I said that in the offseason that I didn't think he was going to run as much and he's just producing at a at a middle, you know, at kind of an average rate in the passing game. But Mark Andrews gets so much production. I think he's worth paying up for. You could take a look at Marquise Brown. I'm still waiting for him to have a huge breakout game. He's certainly capable of it. He had a good, I think he had a good game last week. I did play him in a few lineups, um, but he just didn't get in the end zone, but he did have a ton of catches. Um, the only problem with Marquise Brown, he's probably going to be shadowed by Darius Slay who should be able to limit his production. Uh, but Slay's getting a little bit older so it's possible that Marquise Brown might be able to beat him for a couple for a couple deep plays there. Uh, but yeah, Darius Slay in general is a pretty tough matchup. Um, I think you can take a look at the Baltimore defense as they really did well last week creating a lot of turnovers against Carson Wentz who struggled and against Philadelphia's offensive line. That's kind of struggling. Um, and then, you know, Philadelphia side, you know, I really love Miles Sanders. I just don't love the matchup again, you know, kind of like last week, even though Miles Sanders did produce it with that long touchdown run, that was probably a little bit fluky. It was impressive, but still a little fluky. So I probably would stay away from Miles Sanders probably in the DFS world. That would be more of a, again, a flyer GPP play. And I don't think I'm going to go, you know, to some of these other receivers that they have, like Travis Fulgram and, you know, Greg Ward. I don't think I'm going to get involved too much with those guys against this Baltimore secondary. So it's pretty much a pretty minimal exposure game here.
0: Yeah, you know, I, my first target here would be the Ravens defense. Um, just looking at Carson Wentz here, he's got 10 turnovers in five games. Uh, you know, that's two per game. Pretty easy math. Uh, it's a nice start uh, to your your defensive uh, fantasy point fantasy point output if you go with that and you get that you get that same average here in, in this game um, so I, I am interested there you know and and despite the Ravens being big favorites uh, given their uh, the way they spread out the usage certainly in the backfield um, and with some of the price tags I don't think I'm going to get to any of their skill position players I understand why you'd be interested in Andrews but he is the most expensive tight end on the board so I probably won't uh, invest in him too much. I'll just look at the defense. And then on the other side, you know, before I started digging into the price tags, I wasn't planning on even considering any of these Eagles players. But with Alshon and Deshaun Jackson still questionable, if they're out, I was a little bit surprised that the price tags on Fulgham and and Ward, you know, on DraftKings they're really cheap. They're in the low four K range. So you could use one of those guys. As a one-off, I mean, you know, Fulgham had 10 catches for 152, and you don't need that to pay off uh, 4.4K price tag on DraftKings. So those guys are still in consideration for me. And with, with Sanders, I agree. I mean, that touchdown, he got the long touchdown against Pittsburgh. That looked like a flag football game where it was like a walkthrough, and the Steelers were just going through the motions. He just ran down the field as if no one was around and no one was trying to tackle him. So... I think that was a, a fluke, um, and that reminds me actually going back to Cream Hunt. You know, I don't I don't want to play him uh, against the Steelers because uh, I think it was a fluke for Sanders to get those two mm-hmm. touchdowns, and you know I think Hunt is pretty expensive. So um, I'm going to continue to shy away from from Sanders in this tough matchup, like you said, and I'm ready to go to the next one, Shane. It's right. the Bengals and Colts. Another one o'clock kickoff. Colts are the home favorite of eight points and over under is 46 and a half on BetUS. You can really run on the Bengals, Shane, and I know you like how Jonathan Taylor looks. You know, he hasn't gotten a full workload lately, but in this prime matchup, will you get
1: back to some Taylor shares this week? Yeah, it's probably, it's probably definitely time to look back at him. Uh, you know, I, I talked about last week, I don't like how they split the carries with him. It's like they're saving him or something. It's like they, they don't want to give him the ball. He's clearly the most talented back. They got a good offensive line, you know. Um, but I think that they could definitely get him some work here, um, and he might be able to get closer to, you know, I'd like to see him get closer to 18 carries here. Um, and be able to produce big um, still waiting for him to break off one of those long runs so yeah i think taylor's definitely in play here he's clear that their red zone and their goal line back as well so he is in play he's still really not that cheap considering he hasn't had a blow-up game but i think he is he is due to pay off that price tag and i think you could stack in with the indianapolis defense uh they've been one of the top defenses in the league Cincinnati showed that they can really turn the ball over and really have a hard time protecting uh, Joe Burrow, even though he's really talented. And uh, Joe Mixon, it's hard for him to get going when he doesn't have much room to run anywhere. Uh, uh, so in Indianapolis, the secondary matches up against the receivers well as well. So I, I like the matchup here for the Indianapolis defense, and you compare him with Jonathan Taylor. And that's really about the extent I'm getting involved with this game as well. I, I'm not going to try to get too cute and try to play any Cincinnati guys here. I don't think so. I'm exactly with you. Yeah,
0: I like Taylor. And on Thursday here, we've got Jordan Wilkins questionable with a calf. Um, So that would be even better for for Taylor's ownership. So keep an eye on that. And I'm interested in the Colts defense also. You know, they've only allowed 17.6 points per game and only 280 yards per game, 194 passing, 86 rushing. That is phenomenal. They have had some easy matchups. They've played. Jacksonville, Minnesota, and the Jets to start the season. And then the Bears and Cleveland. And, you know, Cleveland got them last week. So I don't think they're going to continue with those averages. But I do think it's a good matchup. Indianapolis certainly in play for me as a defense. And then just want to mention on the tight end group, uh, Trey Burton really emerged last week. got five catches on six targets, while Jack Doyle only had two targets and Mo Alley-Cox only one. So uh, Burton really stepping up there as the preferred pass catcher. Uh, We know that Rivers has had a lot of trouble passing it down the field, getting anything going. So I think he'll rely on his tight end. And Burton is 3.1 on DraftKings. Really nice price there. So he's another guy I would consider from this game. All right, Shane, the next 1 o'clock game, Broncos and Patriots. We are finally going to get this matchup after the COVID delay. So both teams extremely well-rested. Broncos haven't played since October 1st, that Thursday night win over the Jets. And the Patriots haven't played since that, uh, that dud against Kansas City when they lost 26-10 to and Cam Newton was out. But now he's back in. Stephon Gilmore's back in. Uh, so major upgrade for the Patriots. On the Broncos side, uh, some uncertainty this week with Melvin Gordon and the DUI. But he was back at practice today on Thursday, so it looks like he's probably going to suit up uh, and not have to deal with a suspension this week. Stay tuned on that. You know, Philip Lindsay could become more important here. But assuming Gordon plays, Cam plays,
1: Gilmore plays, are you looking at anyone here from this game? Another one of those games in the the mid-40s over under – could be a big blowout. New England's favored by like, what, 10 points. So yeah. it doesn't doesn't look like a game that the New England's going to have to really keep scoring much in the second half if they get up big and Denver isn't really that impressive. And obviously, New England can really take away, you know, their top guys. Uh, so I think New England can definitely take away the, uh, the run here and, and stop Gordon. And really, just play press man coverage against the the wide receivers for Denver that really aren't that great. So I think uh, New England just matches up against Denver way too good. I think Drew Locke is probably going to come back, and he's a talented, uh, you know, he's a talented uh, young quarterback. But he's gonna, I think he's going to make some mistakes against this New England defense. So, so I think that you know, there's another defense that's probably in play. New England defense at home after a long layoff and going up against a a young quarterback who's just coming back from from an injury. So this is probably a good spot the way they match up for them Uh, uh, against Denver. uh, I think Julian Edelman definitely gets another upgrade here Once now that Cam Newton's back. That Cam Newton to Edelman connection has looked really good this year in the limited uh, time they've been together. So I think you can definitely take a look at that, and Denver's secondary isn't, isn't kind of what they used to be. So I would probably take a look at Julian Edelman. I don't know if I trust Cam Newton to play him that much just because I don't think he's going to have to do much really. And then the running backs, I mean, they'll probably use three or four running backs here or six or seven. (laughs) Yeah. They'll use several of them. So I don't, you know, I know that uh, Damian Harris looks really good. But Denver's pretty stout against the run, so I don't know if he's gonna be able to produce at a high average yards per carry. And you just don't know how much production he's gonna get here. So so I think it's just gonna be an ugly grinded out game. New England will get the lead and just, you know, grind it out pretty much. And but I think Edelman, I can see him having a big game here. So that's the main guy I like here.
0: Yeah, same stuff here on, on my end. Not gonna to touch that New England backfield, even though it is a ten point edge on the line and they might win easily. I'm I'm more inclined to play the defense. Like you said, uh, I do like that matchup. And then Edelman, um, you know, the connection with Newton was was huge in that game against Seattle. And then Edelman's been a little bit banged up. Uh, Newton was out. And so now that they've circled back and they're healthy, I think you could go to Edelman. And then Demir Bird is only 3.5K on DraftKings. Another cheap guy you could get at, at low ownership that you might want to consider. Yeah, he's looked really good.
1: Yeah, very. he's looked
0: very quick and he, he seems like he's always wide open. So. <laughs> All right. One more one o'clock kickoff, Shane. It's the Falcons against the Vikings. Hopefully, this one will go forward and everybody stays healthy. Uh, 54 is the total on betus.com.pa. Vikings are the four point home favorites at one and four on the season. Falcons, 0 and five. A lot of turmoil in that organization. And Julio Jones is questionable, uh, not practicing today. So I'm expecting him to be out. So a tough situation for the Falcons organization uh, with, uh, you know, the change in the front office and the coaching staff. But it's a good matchup, um, really, for both sides. The Falcons are giving up 32 points a game and the Vikings are giving up 30 points a game. So are you going to get
1: invested in this potential shootout? Yeah, this is a game that's definitely good. They're going to Minnesota in the Dome and two teams that, yeah, pretty suspect on defense and have talent on offense here. Uh, It was looking like, you know, major chalk. I mean, Dalvin Cook's probably going to be out. It was looking like Alexander Madison week. But the uh, DraftKings and FanDuel did an excellent job of actually pricing him up in time. So yes. they have him priced up at you know, $7,000 to $7,200 range, which is appropriate for his role because uh, he's probably one of the most talented uh, backup running backs in the league here. So that's going to be a big question whether you want to pay up for Alexander Madison here. Uh, it is a good matchup against Atlanta. They definitely give up a lot of production against running backs in the passing game. I think Madison can catch some passes. Uh, you just don't know if uh, Boone, the other running back, is going to get involved with third downs and catch more passes and take away some of those catches for Madison. Because Madison's going to have to have a pretty big game to pay off that $7,000 to smash that, you know, that $7,000 price tag there. So that's that's going to be a uh, one of the interesting questions. But I think you can also really attack Atlanta through their secondary through the passing game. So this is a game where Kirk Cousins, they might rely on his passing game a little more. And and really, Adam Thielen and Jefferson on the outside have huge mismatches against the, the you know the Atlanta secondary. So I could see them passing more and going to those guys. So I definitely like those guys. And then also on the Minnesota side, uh, Irv Smith Jr. I talked about him kind of earlier in the year, and he's finally starting to get on the field. He's he's a super freak athlete, tight end, and uh, he's still su- uh, very low priced. He's twenty five hundred on DK. So you don't usually get a an ascending player like this who, who has the potential for a touchdown and potentially a couple big plays for 2,500. So, so Irv Smith is a really nice GPP play here and he's 4,300 on FanDuel as well. So he's super cheap on both sites there. That allows you to pay up elsewhere. Um, so I do like Irv Smith Jr. Here. And then I would take a look at Atlanta side. If you think they're going to be down, I think Matt Ryan can get a ton of production here and has to pass the ball a lot. And you probably would pair him with Calvin Ridley. Cause that's the only guy you can really trust right now for Atlanta uh, but he has quite a few different weapons he can throw, to. But I think the Matt Ryan to Kelvin Ridley matchup here looks pretty good in this way. This game script, if they're down, they, they should be able to get some nice garbage time production.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on the on the breakdown. Uh, you know, that Vikings passing attack is in a great spot. It's just that eternal question of will they pass it enough? Because we know that they don't want to pass it. They want to just run it every single down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they will. They They pass it against Seattle. So Cousins is in play, Thielen and Jefferson in play, great matchups, a little bit expensive. I do really like the value for Irv Smith, uh, four for 64 last week. So really training in the right direction, getting more targets than Rudolph, uh, awesome price tag. And with Madison, you're right, they did price him up as a potential starter. Um, but he got 23 touches last week in relief, 20 carries, caught three balls. We've seen running backs really do well against Atlanta this year, even though their pass defense is awful, uh, and you can beat them through the air or on the ground. Chris Carson got in the end zone multiple multiple times against them. Um, So, you know, Madison, although he's expensive, he's still going to be in consideration for me. And then if Julio is out, yes, you got to figure Ridley will get a bunch of targets. You know, the Vikings are not good against the pass either. So you could pair him up with, with Matt Ryan. You know, he just hasn't had those ceiling games this year, uh, so I'd be more inclined to uh, to go with Cousins or somebody else from a good matchup uh, like Stafford. Um, but, you know, Ridley in play. Oz is in play at 3.2. I think he could be low-owned, get a bounce back here, and get, get some, uh, some better numbers this week uh, after the letdown last week.
1: Yeah, it'd be a nice contrarian game stack and more GPP large fields to have Matt Ryan and Ridley and then bring it back with like Jefferson and Dylan or something like that, you know. So I think that that's a good spot here to be a little little different.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, before we get to the four o'clock games, just want to take a minute and hear a word from our partners at betus.com.pa.
2: Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sports book welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code CoachTalk for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Okay, welcome back.
0: Shane, we've got two 4 o'clock games to go here. Let's finish with a bang with the Jets and Dolphins. Wait a minute. All right. yeah. <laughs> 0 and, 0 and 5 Jets against the Dolphins who do have two wins That's surprising 43-17 trouncing of San Francisco last week. And they are favored by 10 on BetUS this week over under 47. Um, How about that news on the Jets' side? We've got Flacco in for Donald. We've got no more Le'Veon Bell. He's been cut. And it's Thursday right now. We don't know where he's going to go. I'm hoping he doesn't go to the Dolphins because I like Miles Gaskin here on one of my season-long teams. But... Ah, uh, we'll wait and see what what Le'Veon Bell comes up with, but uh, you know this is just uh, interesting matchup at 405, uh, with you know it being one of the two games left to consider in that that late
1: slot. Do you think you'll get anyone uh, from this game? Uh, you know, I was on Jamison Crowder uh, last week, and he he certainly didn't disappoint. You know, he had a, he had a nice game there, and he he was really low owned. I, I think he was under five percent. Owned in that fast-paced batch up there against Arizona. He had, uh, what, 10 targets, eight catches, 116 yards, and a touch. So like Jamison Crowder here, I think you can go right back to him. Miami's super weak in the slot. They don't have anyone that can cover him, and the guy's just super consistent. So I think that they, especially if they're going to be down big, they're going to have to pass a lot. So I think this is definitely Jamison Crowder, a good Jamison Crowder week, and he's still reasonably priced in that $6,000 range. Um, and then I think you could stack the Miami passing game here with Fitzmagic, magic and you can pair him up with Devonte Parker, who has a great matchup against uh, Pierre Desir. You can pair him up with Preston Williams who had a breakout game last week. And then if you want to get really contrarian, you can throw in some Kaseki, even though Kaseki has been super inconsistent. He is basically like a big slot wide receiver. He runs a ton of routes and he's, and he's very talented and he's a red zone threat. So you could really, uh, you know, do a lot of Miami stacks here and then bring back Crowder on the other side. And I like this game that I think it could actually be fairly high scoring. I like the over on this game uh, from here. So so there's some sneaky good plays here in, in this matchup. That It seems like one of those ones that can get pretty high scoring to me.
0: Yeah, I, I like the, ma- the matchup for Gesicki. He's a little bit expensive. I, I, I do like the price tag on some of these cheaper tight ends a little bit better. Uh, on the Jets side, you absolutely nailed it with Crowder last week. That was a great call for GPPs. Ah, uh, so good matchup for him. But don't forget about Jeff Smith. Eleven targets last week, uh, with all the guys banged up in that receiving core.
1: But well, he, he only caught like three of those targets, 30,
0: three for 23 yards. But he's <laughs> only three thousand on DraftKings. So okay. add him to the group of of guys that you know. There's a bunch of them here this week in that three to four K range wide receivers on DraftKings who you know can really pay off value. Uh, that's I mean. If you're telling me right now that I'm going to get 11 targets again and he's 3,000 against Miami, I'll play him. I'm not in every single lineup, but I'll get him out there. Uh, so that'll be interesting. And then uh, with those Jets running backs, we'll see. They're talking about getting more touches for P. Ryan. He's at 4K, but uh, I don't think I really trust anything with the Jets rushing attack because obviously Gore is going to continue to get carries. So I think I'll look at those other spots we've already mentioned. And then uh, maybe save a, a spot in my lineup or two for this last game because it's a uh, big over-under 55, and it's a pick em. Awesome quarterback matchup here as the Packers are traveling down to Florida to take on uh, Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. Uh, some back and forth in the media this week with uh, Jamal Williams taking a little shot at Tom Brady with, you know, the four fingers up. And, and it looked to me like he did not realize it was – fourth down. And I was a little disappointed with the media for not just, you know, asking that question directly until Tom answered it. He just avoided the question. Um, You know, I think he could have laughed it off and just admitted that he didn't know it was fourth down. Um, Because I don't know how else you could explain holding up four fingers and looking at the refs with a quizzical look on your face. But, you know, Jamal Williams uh, stepping up for Aaron Rodgers and and saying that his quarterback knows what what down it is. So I think Tom Brady is going to be extra motivated here. Really excited to watch this game in you know in prime time, so to speak. But uh, what are your thoughts on this game?
1: You know, I do like the Tampa Bay offense here because, uh, you know, Green Bay has to go on the road. And I like the fact, yeah, Brady's very motivated. And if he can get Chris Godwin back, which I think Chris Godwin's going to play, I like that matchup in the slot here. Um, you know, probably a little better than, uh, than uh, Mike Evans going against Alexander here. So, Chris, you know, Chris Godwin looks like it a good spot if he's back healthy. So he could be a sneaky play. Um, I like Tom Brady here, um, and I like Ronald Jones. I know Leonard Fournette's probably coming back, but if you've watched Ronald Jones, he's looked really good, and his price remains pretty cheap still. Um, and I think if you're going to attack Green Bay, the best thing to do is just run straight at them because with those two defensive ends that they have, you know, this, the Smith guys there, those guys are – Ferocious on the pass rush. So if you're going to try to protect Brady, you're going to you're going to have to run straight at those guys and and, and cause some issues for them because um, you can't just sit back in the pocket against the Green Bay pass pass rush there and just pass all day. So they're going to have to run the ball. I love Tampa Bay's running scheme and the run blocking. I've talked about that in the combination of Ronald Jones looking pretty explosive, pretty powerful here. Um, so and uh, so I do like Ronald Jones here. I'm not loving a lot on the on the Green Bay side just because. You know, I think that the the thing that's a little confusing to me is this 55 over under. I feel like it's disrespecting these defenses a little bit. I think that the Tampa Bay and Green Bay's defense are really good. Um, I know that they have some superstars on the offensive end, but I kind of feel like this is going to be a little lower scoring game. So I kind of taken the under here. Um, I'd love to have a bunch of plays from this game in that 425 late, late, late uh, game hammer, but I'm not going to get a ton of exposure to this game because I'm, I'm a little skeptical on it being a, a big shootout here. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a defensive battle um, with just a few select plays kind of helping, you know, win the game for each side. Um, but Devontae Adams I'm not sure you know he's not going to match up that good he's going to be shadowed by the top corner from Tampa Bay and T- Tampa Bay's corners are big and physical and they've really limited upside on wide receivers this year so I don't really love the matchup there and Tampa Bay's tough against the run as well so I don't know that I love Aaron Jones in the, in the running attack here so that's why I'm not a, a whole lot on the, on the Green Bay side here.
0: Yeah I'm with you I think this 55 total uh, looks good on paper, you know the matchup of these great quarterbacks. But I'd rather stack the Falcons and Vikings game than this one. Uh, I think it's much more likely to be a shootout. Uh, certainly not going to touch that Packers running game. Um, you know, Devontae, uh, tough matchup, like you said. Um, you know, Darius Shepard would be the the cheap guy on that side. You could look at uh, for three thousand. Uh, but I think I I prefer the other. Cheap wide receivers, we've already mentioned a little bit better. So, yeah, nobody really jumping out in terms of their price tag for the Packers. And then on Tampa, um, you know, a lot of question marks with those wide receivers. You know, if Goblin comes back, uh, he's in play. Evans, tough matchup. And then those all, all those other cheap guys roaming around in the slot. Scotty Miller, who got zero targets against the Bears. Tyler Johnson, who I thought looked pretty good. He's only 3.4. So we'll have to see the final inactive report. Uh, we'll see if Justin Watson is back in the mix. He didn't play against Chicago. So, you know, it just if everybody plays, it's it's going to be tough to zero in on, on really any of the individual skilled players from this game. Uh, Brady could go with Brady naked at 6.5. Um, worth considering. But again, I, I really probably prefer some of the other quarterbacks early, earlier in the slate. So Maybe it'll be a situation where we tune in and and look for an entertaining game, but but nobody really has any ceiling games and they don't interfere with hopefully our our high point totals that we've already gathered up with the one o'clock games
1: yeah, that's why I kind of like if this is a grinded out type game, I, I like uh, the Ronald Jones play here because he's still pretty cheap. and you know, if he can get in the end zone again, I think you know, he just seems like he he's just always ready to break off a big play. You know he's got a lot of speed and he's he's added some power this year as well and and I like their blocking scheme. and I think you can you can run run against Green Bay. So uh, we're on the other side. It's pretty tough to run against Tampa Bay though. so
0: excellent. Well, great work here this week, Shane. Uh, Make sure to tune in with us on Saturday night. We'll have our next uh, final preview of the main slate, position by position. And then we're going to have our primetime show where we dissect those three games, one on Sunday night, two on Monday night. Of course, there's a huge contest this week, the Monday Night Millionaire on DraftKings with that rare two-game Monday night slate. So uh, tune in to both of those shows with us. Uh, and then follow us on social media on Twitter at DFS coach talk. Like I said, you can find Shane at D E T sports, Shane, check in with me at language Olympic. And then if you want to talk to our fearless leader, the coach, you can follow him at J O E S A R V love interacting with folks on Twitter, uh, or on YouTube. Uh, feel free to leave a comment there, question, uh, what have you, uh, DFS underscore coach talk on Instagram. Uh, Shane runs that side of things for us. And then our charity of choice here, mombaon3.org, M A M B A O N T H R E E. And I want to thank our presenting sponsor here one more time, betus.com.pa. Please use that promo code coach talk, get that 125% match uh, with your first deposit. Shane, any final
1: words of wisdom? No, give us a give us a like and subscribe on YouTube, and uh, yeah, get ready for some Week Six action. We're we're ready to have a huge week here again. Uh, we're yeah, you know, we're really excited to. Uh, we're going to provide you know full lineups on. Uh, we've done really well on Yahoo, you know, FanDuel full lineups, Yahoo full lineups, and awesome player advice narrowing it down on DK. So you know, definitely join us. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com, and we appreciate the support on YouTube with all the uh, the comments and the likes and subscribes.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for all your support on YouTube. And on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. That's it for today. Be sure to tune in again next time as we look to crush it in DFS.